0: Listen, enjoy broadcasting
1: live worldwide. Thank
0: you for tuning in to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.
1: And
2: now.
0: You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since
3: 1981. And now, your host. Okay, we are back and very pleased to have with us. It's been quite a while, but Congressman Richie Torres joins us, former city councilman, and uh, now uh, he has been a strong advocate for doing the right thing. And, uh, He's a progressive Democrat, and uh, we want to thank you for your leadership, Congressman, for what you're doing, for standing out for what's right. So welcome to the program.
0: It's always an honor to be here.
3: Uh, thank you. So I was just curious, because we have, in New York City politics, we've we're we're changing the political the politics is changing, ways moving. You have the AOCs that have a lot more influence, and we're seeing some of that. I believe you were the only one that actually would so the challenge from AOC and some of her her colleagues.
0: Yes, in the 2020 election cycle, uh, the DSA, the Democratic Socialist of America, won every single race but mine, uh, so I was the sole survivor of the Democratic Socialist bloodbath that swept New York City politics. You know, I, I worry that the Democratic Socialist of America could become, to the Democratic Party, what Jeremy Corbyn became to the Labor Party in British politics. And I'm on a personal mission to push back against the Democratic Socialist of America and to resist what I call Jeremy Corbynization of American politics.
3: No, I'm glad you're speaking out, but is I want to hear about some of your challenges because you're the only one that survived because uh, she backed uh, a whole bunch of successful candidates uh, except for you. Are you getting pressure from that wing of the party to uh, toe their line, uh, to not to be so strongly standing up, let's say, for example, for Israel? Because part of their platform was that you weren't supposed to go to Israel. You are supposed to make a pledge, and uh, they're pro-BDS. So obviously you're not giving in to that platform, but are you getting pressure?
0: I come under criticism and pressure every day. Um, You know, when I sent out a tweet denouncing the International Criminal Court, I came under criticism from Linda Sarsour, but, you know, judging by my critics, uh, then if if I have Linda Sarsour as a critic, then that means I'm doing something right. (laughs)
3: Look,
0: I'm fiercely independent. And I'm unafraid, and I'm going to continue doing what I believe is right.
3: You mentioned Linda Sassour, and um, Andrew Yang, who is running for mayor, originally said he's anti-BDS, and then he met with Linda Sassour and changed his tune. So she has a way of uh, changing some people's viewpoints.
0: Uh She has no impact in changing my viewpoints. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a clear record of standing my ground, and my support for Israel, my support for the American-Israeli relationship, My fight against anti-Semitism is unchangeable.
3: So your tweet, by the way, and I want to just tell our audience and share it with them, you've written that the ICC is so obsessed with Israel, which happens to be the world's only Jewish state, that it can't be bothered to investigate the egregious human rights abuses of China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia, to name but a few. That's the one that she was responding to, Linda Sessori. Exactly right, Yeah. The and she accused me of not. She accused you of what?
0: Of not knowing what I was talking about.
3: For our audience, the international court is uh, likes to look at Israel, investigate Israel. They don't investigate the places where real problems are taking place. Um, but yet they love to pick on Israel and they have a track record of being anti-Israel. So, uh, we appreciate your speaking out about that. And that's part of a pattern because we're also seeing rising anti-Semitism as well. It's not just an anti-Israel bias that we see. We see rising anti-Semitism here in the United States, even here in New York.
0: So, without question, you know, the, the international community has a clear pattern of discriminating against Israel. Uh, the world's only Jewish state. Uh, for example, the United Nations has passed more resolutions against Israel than against the rest of the world combined. And now you have the International Criminal Court um, investigating Israel, singling out Israel for an illegal investigation. You know, Israel is not a member of the ICC, and therefore the ICC has no authority to investigate a sovereign country like Israel. So the investigation should be seen for what it is. It's a frontal assault on the legitimacy and sovereignty of Israel. And if the investigation is allowed to go forward, it's going to set a dangerous precedent that could come back to haunt the United States. It is not in the interest of the United States to see Israel investigated by an international kangaroo court. Both Israel and the United States have their own judicial systems that have far more legitimacy than the international criminal Court.
3: Right, the International Criminal Court, the ICC. Of course, they can investigate America and claim make claims in Afghanistan and Iraq because they really don't have jurisdiction. But they they like to meddle in places where they shouldn't be meddling, in the places where they should be looking into. They're not. Um, what can the United States do about that?
0: We 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 have to condemn it and prevent it from going forward, um, and we have to play hardball because it is part of the the ICC investigation is part of a delegitimation campaign against Israel. It is a form of anti-Semitism. I mean, that's why I feel so strongly about the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. We need to ensure that we have a definition of anti-Semitism that recognizes that anti-Zionism is a form of anti-Semitism, and it often takes the form of the BDS movement, and there's no Democrat in New York City politics who has been more vocal in condemning the BDS movement uh, than I have been, and I will continue to be.
3: No, and, and, we, and I'll tell you, my audience and I, we're appreciative of that. It's so important to speak out for what's right, and we live in an age where, unfortunately, people are sometimes are afraid to speak out. But there is, in a way, a three-part battle or war that's taking place. There's the anti-Israel front. There is also the anti-Semitic front where they stereotype and attack all Jews. And lately we've been seeing a lot more attacks on the Orthodox Jewish community. New York, of course, That's is right. home to a very solid. I know you've written about uh, where people have labeled the Orthodox Jewish community as the extremist Block, Tell us about your speaking out about that and your relationship yeah. with the community and what you're doing about trying to stop that demonization.
0: There was a head of a, of a self-described good government organization that denounced the whole Orthodox community as an extremist bloc. And as far as I'm concerned, denouncing a whole community is the definition of discrimination. You know, if, if those words had been spoken about Latinos or African-Americans or members of the LGBTQ community, then the person would have had to resign. But there's a double standard um, that comes at the expense of the Orthodox community. And and I'm going to speak out against hate and fear no matter what form it takes. I'm going to speak out against bigotry against the Orthodox community. We saw uh, the singling out of the Orthodox community during COVID-19. Uh, we've seen a hate crime surge that heavily targets the Orthodox community. In fact, well, right before COVID, the, according to the ADL, the number of hate crimes America rose to levels that we had not seen in 40 years, and the primary victim of hate crimes in America was the Orthodox community.
3: Very, very true. Now, we're going to be covering tonight the case of Frontier Airlines. It's the second airlines that threw out... Hasidic family, and this is ostensibly under charge that an 18-month-old baby was not wearing a mask, which is ridiculous. An 18-month baby should not be wearing a mask, but they threw off the family. Delta Airlines did something similar, throwing out Hasidic group, and there was jeering from the staff. Now, they'll deny it and say they weren't adhering to protocol, but I don't know if you're familiar with that particular story, but we're seeing more incidents of that. What can we do about this discrimination against Hasidic Americans?
0: You know, I'm not familiar with that particular case, but you know I do sit on the Homeland Security Committee I'm the Vice Chair of Homeland Security, which has jurisdiction over the airlines and so i I'm willing to investigate any discrimination that airlines perpetrate against the Orthodox Jewish community, so that's something I will look into.
3: I'd be happy to get you more detailed information. We'll have one of the people that was one of the families that's thrown off is going to be our guest uh, tonight, so we'll get you that information. And they should be held accountable because what we're seeing today, too many people and groups are doing things and not being held accountable. And I think that's so important that uh, that you have to be you have to pay for your actions.
0: There should be zero tolerance for discrimination, including discrimination against the Orthodox community. And- and, and so you can count me as an ally in that fight.
3: Uh, terrific. Maybe just, can you just tell us, I know that you're in office and you have a wonderful relationship with the Jewish community. Let's go more into details about your relationship with our community.
0: Sure. So, you know, the, the first time, uh, I ever traveled outside the United States was a visit to Israel back in 2015. Uh, it was one of the most powerful experiences In my life and, and, and I was able to see firsthand the unique security challenges that Israel has to face. You know, unlike the United States, which is heavily guarded by oceans and peaceful neighbors, you know, Israel is surrounded by enemies, by terrorist organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah. And so my experience in Israel gave me a greater appreciation, uh, for the security challenges that the country faces and over the years, I've come to develop a, a close relationship with the Jewish community uh, here in New York City. Uh, I've been outspoken against hate crimes, against EDS, against the Democratic Socialists of America. I was one of the first um, elected officials to condemn the DSA questionnaire, which famously singled out Israel for a travel ban. Um, so I, you know, I feel like an honorary member of the Jewish community in many ways.
3: No, uh, and uh, we're thankful for that. But what the DSA, as you mentioned earlier, is a growing power, a growing force in New York. Um, what could be done to challenge them because they have an influence in in selecting and pushing their candidates, and they've had a pretty good degree of success. Uh, you're the exception to the rule, but they've done very well. What do you suggest can be done? You
0: know, there there are candidates like me, and we have to support. Candidates who stand up for common sense, who are pragmatic, who are pro Israel, and who want to represent all New Yorkers. Um, so we have to support alternatives to the Democratic Socialists of America, and those alternatives are out there, and we should support them.
3: I think your quote is saying, and let me just give our audience, if you'd like to call in our numbers at 212-769-1925, (laughs) 212-769-1925. You can email us at zevbrenner gmail.com. The Congress is only going to be with us for a few minutes longer. We'll try to squeeze in at least a couple of calls. I believe you. I, a, I saw a tweet from you that said, Congressman, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Holocaust remembrance is a moral obligation that binds all of us. Anti-Semitism must be fought with the fierce urgency of a generation that will never forget a time not too distant from our own. Powerful words.
0: Powerful words, and there are too many Americans who are graduating from our public school system without understanding the Holocaust, and that is a scandal. Uh, And we have to see to it that none of us forget. We have to remain committed to fighting hate and evil in whatever form it takes.
3: No, that's certainly so, so true. Uh, We have to be able to do that. Okay, we're going to try to squeeze in one or two phone calls and uh, with one or two email questions. Are you involved at all well in the mayoral race here in New York, by the way?
0: I am. I'm a supporter of, of Andrew Yang. And, you know, Andrew has only been in the race for a little more than a month, but he has taken uh, a strong stand against BDS, against anti Semitism in every form. And he's taken a strong stand in favor of the independence, the freedom. Of yeshivas to operate without interference from the government. So, um, you know, I can vouch for Andrew. He's going to be a great friend to the Jewish community and he's going to represent an infusion of new ideas and new energy for New York City.
3: Before I get to a couple of calls, though, is that he made a very strong statement about BDS. and Then when he met with Linda Sassur, he backtracked that where he says, well, maybe, you know, some of the BDS is okay. He. He became much more wishy-washy about that. I, I don't know if you're aware of that. Then the question, though, is, is that I, I've gotten feedback from some of our listeners that were upset by me with Linda Seward and changing his tone.
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with the circumstances. I know he appeared at a debate, um, but I would just look at what he has written. Uh, he appointed me as his coach here, which sends a crystal clear message about where his values lie and where his political relationships lie. And so I have complete confidence that Andrew is going to be an unwavering ally of the Jewish community here in New York City and an unwavering ally of Israel.
3: Let's go to Ezra. Ezra, are you there? I am. Thank you, Zev. Uh,
2: I just want to inform the community. We've had this discussion in the past um, many times uh, regarding the future of the Democratic Party, regarding the uh, ability of progressives to be progressive, pro israel strong proponents of the orthodox Jewish community, and Richie Torres represents that person. And I want the community to understand this, because in the past, we've had discussions where's the direction of the party going, and many of the community were reluctant to vote as Democrats, many registered as Republicans and i've written op eds and used that had discussions over the radio many times that the democratic primary is the election and if anyone can represent the future of the democratic party here in new york city it's richie torres so i would like to commend congressman torres for your outstanding leadership for your friendship to the community and for everything that you stand for just a question and then i'll hang up how do you see your stature in the party Uh, I understand you are a rising star, and I believe that the Democratic Party, the Democratic Caucus in Congress, has appointed you as part of the weekly leadership uh, meetings. I would like for you to expand on that, because I think it's important for the audience to to understand that your voice in the party is uh, uh, being—it's a voice that's being listened to, and with that, I'll hang up.
3: End, that's Ezra Franklin of the CO Group. Thank you, Ezra, for helping put together our broadcast tonight. So thank you, Ezra. Go ahead, Congressman. So Ezra,
0: thank you for the yeah, thank you for those kind words. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I'm I'm in a position of leadership in the Congress. I'm the only freshman with seniority on an exclusive committee. I'm on Financial Services. Uh, I serve as Vice Chair of the Homeland Security. Uh, and as you noted, every week. The speaker meets with the leaders of every caucus in Congress and I am the representative of the freshman class in those meetings so I have weekly meetings with the speaker and and I hope to represent the future of the Democratic Party I hope to demonstrate to the world that there is an alternative to the extremism that has taken hold in our politics um, uh, I think I, I, I am going to do everything that I can to ensure that every element of the Democratic Party remains strongly pro Israel, and I hope to stand as living proof.
3: Uh, thank you. Let's go to Deborah in Newark, New Jersey. Your question for our guest. Go ahead, Deborah.
1: Thanks very much. Um, I am interested if you could kindly talk a bit more about what you call the Jeremy Corbynization of the Democratic Party, and that's what you're trying to guard against. And here's why I'm asking. Uh, I can understand in terms of, of Corbyn's ideology, but not in terms of his political finance or lack of it. And, he, and uh, here's why, is that uh, unlike the bloodbath you said the Democratic Socialists caused in New York politics, except for your seat, the Labour Party experienced a bloodbath in 2019, losing 60 seats. <laughs> and that's what prompted Corbyn to leave uh and instead of running again so i want to know what is the parallel you have for for what you call the jeremy corbynization of the democratic party and also to how do you think kier starmer is doing this past year as the new leader of the labor party
0: um, well i'm not going to claim to be an expert on the the labor party but the the semitism of of jeremy corbyn was widely documented and oh, Jeremy forbidden. Yes. And you know the Labor Party as my understanding has historically been a pro-Israel party. Yes, it was made less so by Jeremy Corbyn. And I worry well, that there are forces in yeah, oh, I see. that there are forces in the United States that could have the same effect on the Democratic Party. But let me be clear, the vast majority of Democrats remain pro-Israel. But yes. I'm not thinking about the present, I'm thinking about the future.
1: Okay, well that makes sense. Worried. You're concerned about the hole he created in, in Labour Party policy because exactly. the Jewish House members left and formed their own party because of this, this gaping hole of anti-Semitism that creeped into the Labour Party. But that was because of Corbyn's uh, ideological sloppiness more than right. intent. Kind of like, you know, Anyway,
3: Deborah, yeah. uh, we, we got your point. I, I appreciate that uh, for calling on. thank you for joining our broadcast. Yeah, and, my, and
0: my basic, yeah, my basic sure, point is, is that we is that we have to prevent the hijacking of any political party by the extremes, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was my basic point in drawing the analogy.
1: Okay, thank you.
3: Hey, thanks thank so much. So we have about a moment or so left for uh, Congressman Richie Torres is our guest. Um, you've been following what's happening in New York with Governor Cuomo and the nursing homes and the sexual harassment allegations. Do you believe he should resign? Do you think he's in peril? From a political point of uh, view. So, you
0: know, there there's there's an independent investigation. You know, we should wait for the results of the investigation before rendering judgment on the governor. Um, it's an independent investigation, let due process play out, and if the governor, if an investigation found that the governor engaged in egregious conduct, uh, then he should be held accountable, but but we have to let the investigation unfold. I think everyone is rushing to judgment, and and, and I insist on letting the investigation unfold.
3: You're referring to both investigations for the nursing home and for the sexual harassments?
0: Uh, particularly the AG's investigation into uh, the allegations of sexual harassment, but but I want to I want to see the facts before commenting on the governor.
3: Congressman Richard Torres, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate your leadership and speaking out against the anti-Israel, anti-Semitism, anti-Orthodox uh, sentiments that are taking place uh, t- today in our unfortunately in our city, in our state, in our country. We look forward to having you back, and thank you for your leadership.
0: It is always a pleasure. Take care.
3: Thank you, Congressman Richard Torres here on the TalkLine Network. When we come back, we'll speak to... Thanks for listening.
1: That's 212 extension 100 or email info at talkline Talkline
0: Network Radio, America's longest running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.